0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois.
0: And I'm Jimmy Fowler, uh, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship.
1: So yeah, we're, uh, we're recording today. It is uh, Saturday afternoon. Got all of our work wrapped up mm. and we're in Jimmy's garage.
0: In my garage. It's nice and beautiful, really well kept. Uh, we kind of lounge out here from time to time
1: Yeah, it's cool, uh, we got fresh air, and we can smoke Yes, so, well, uh, it's because my wife's not around and my kids aren't around Okay, So, like I said, we can smoke We can smoke And uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a nice day, and before we get back to uh, the things that we have to do tonight We thought let's throw up the mics and uh, hit another topic And we've actually had some, uh, a lot of emails come in about this uh, Maybe most recently, the email came in from Al Laganow Al Laganow. Um, here's what he says. Hey, guys. love the first show. I don't know what he thinks about the rest. He says... That's the only one he liked. Apparently. That Al, was a,
0: I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm glad you, you stuck it out with us this far after only enjoying one show.
1: He says, I'm a pastor in Metro Detroit and also a doctoral student in preaching at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. la
0: da
1: Well, that's right. That's my alma mater. Wait. Um, did you actually finish? Of course I did. The Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. did you Seminary. finish the right way? Of course, I finished the right way. Got my degree, yo. I'd love to... <laughs> so funny. I'd love to hear a show on preaching. What is your methodology? How has it evolved? What are your thoughts on different types of preaching? Deductive, inductive, doctrinal, gospel-centered. Uh, anyway, love the show. He wants to know uh, what we think about preaching. And so we, we thought, like, why not? Uh, Jimmy and I preach a lot. And uh, we thought we would talk about, you know, the privilege of preaching, uh, the different kinds of preaching that mm-hmm. you you can do, also how we prepare, and we'll talk a little bit about delivery. But at the end, we want to talk about listening because uh, not everyone that is listening to this podcast is a preacher, but um, all of us do need to listen to the word of God preached, yeah. and that is a uh, a discipline in and of itself that most of us don't give serious thought to. Yeah. So um, you know, preaching itself is an honor. The preaching of the gospel, the preaching yeah. of the truth of God is an honor that none of us in and of ourselves are really worthy of. So when you think about the sacred task to preach the word mm-hmm. to the people of God, what are some, some thoughts that you have, Jimmy? What are some of the ways that your heart reacts to that? Uh, first, that I'm not, I think you said worthy of it. And I don't
0: deserve this opportunity. Like I feel oftentimes when I'm called upon to preach that who, who, who am I? To uh have this opportunity to share god 's word with god 's people to the glory of god right um, i am I am a sinner i am i I, I struggle often oftentimes um, as i 'm going through and I think we 'll probably talk about, uh, talk about this a bit more later i 'm um, convicted of my sin uh, so yeah it 's just a privilege to be able to be entrusted um, I think entrusted by God, you know, to, to share his word, but even being entrusted by the church, yeah. uh, that they, I don't know what the right word is. They're allowing me, I guess. I don't know how else to word it than that, that, that to
1: actually sit there and listen to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because they know though, that number one, this is something God's called you to do. hmm. Uh, and they know that in part because they 've seen you do it um, but they also know that you 're not just you 're not bringing your word yeah. you 're not bringing jimmy 's word you 're bringing god 's word exactly, and so they know like wow i i can, I love it when any of our preachers stand up at Redeemer because they know it's going to be the word of God. We're all different. Yeah. And uh, we all have different levels of experience and gifted in different ways and different, totally
0: different strengths, weaknesses,
1: but they know that the one thing that they're going to get is the gospel of That's God in right. the word of God. So the privilege itself is humbling. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of our preachers, I, I, I don't think any of our preachers that we send out, and we've got quite a few um, for a small church. Anyways, yeah, we have quite a few that we send out travel. Uh, Rounds is is a preacher. Uh, Jimmy and myself and Pastor Pat Aldridge and uh, Tim Smith and Oliver Bougeday. Uh These are. Am I leaving anybody out? Yeah, Scott schipperling Scott schipperling Oh, it's a great preacher. He's actually preaching for us in a week mm-hmm. at Redeemer. By the time this airs, he will have already preached. Um, and there are others. There are others. I'm so to... we've got a number of men. None of them think that they are great preachers. None of them think that uh, that they are are the man Mm -hmm. in this situation. They're humbled by the task given to them by God and the opportunity given to them by the church. So it's
0: not one to be taken for granted, right? Like this, this opportunity we've been given. And I think we'll probably hit on it later when we talk about prep. Um, but we don't just throw something together last minute. Right. Right. Like you take this seriously, you take this task seriously because we, we serve and worship, uh, a serious and loving God. And we Mm -hmm. want to proclaim his gospel.
1: Yeah, it's like most of the, all of the men that preach at Redeemer, you know, we talk about it before they do it while they're doing their, their prep. Yeah. And they frequently say, they'll share how they're struggling. You know, sermon prep is hard. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm looking forward to us talking about that. Let, let's, let's just for a moment talk about um, the types of preaching um, that's out there. Yeah. And because he specifically asks, Al wants us to, you know, know our thoughts on deductive versus inductive, doctrinal, gospel-centered, et cetera.
0: I'm going to let you take this one since you went to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. <laughs>
1: um, well, here's my, my, first of all, my, my basic response is all preaching should be doctrinal mm-hmm. and gospel-centered. All preaching should, should inherently be uh, thoroughly biblical in that the message is coming out of the text, deeply theological in, la- in that it is telling us about the truth of God, man, and the world, Um, And and radically gospel centered. Yeah. If it's not bringing us to the gospel, uh, I'm concerned. We need to preach the law and gospel, uh, the 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 rules and the statutes of the Lord, which by which we are condemned and the promises and mercies of God and Jesus by which we are justified. So I think we have to have both. Um, now, you can, can you have explicitly doctrinal messages? Sure. Um, I think that's normal, especially if you're preaching through books of the Bible, you're going to hit passages that are very, very uh, theologically oriented, and others are going to be uh, more on the practical end. Yeah. All of it, though, should be experiential. Yeah. And so when we're looking at application for these messages, um, sometimes it's things that we are supposed to do, but sometimes the application is, it amounts to things that we are supposed to believe. Yeah, It's not like, well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. It's not, you need to believe this and let this truth grow roots in your hearts. And the consequences then of that truth is that it will bear fruit in different ways. And yeah. so the Puritans would frequently give us uses of doctrines in their preaching. They would say, here is the doctrine of justification, and here are 15 uses for the doctrine of justification in your life today. So every so
0: every sermon, though, right? It, mm-hmm. it, just to you know, boil it down, I guess. Uh, every every sermon should, in a way, convict us or move us to a call to action. Whether that is to actually do something, or to believe something, or to repent of something, uh, and to turn to Christ is that yeah. kind of what you are saying? So yeah. it's, it's, whether it's doctrinal, uh, it should always lead to a heart change.
1: Yeah, always. And that's the thing is is preaching doesn't aim at the intellect Mm -hmm. alone Uh, preaching fundamentally aims at the heart yeah and so we have to hit the intellect uh, but uh, we have to hit action but really the focus in preaching is is the heart of man and woman Hmm. okay so uh, other types of preaching narrative and all that stuff uh, here here's here's my advice for when you guys are preaching a stop sitting down don't sit down and preach.
0: No, I like having a stool up there with my coffee table. It's a fireside chat,
1: Joe. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. That's not a biblical thing. That's a Joe thing. So, uh, no stool. No can, stool. Can you wear short pants? No short pants. Uh, definitely not at Redeemer. No short pants. I got yelled at once for doing announcements in short pants. With your tree trunk, hairy man legs showing. Everybody was staring at your legs. Gross.
0: No, no. I think they were like
1: man's envious. legs. Man legs are gross. So, no short pants. Uh, no stool. Uh no legs at the beach. Pre photos. What? No, I'm just talking about legs. Don't show off your legs. Don't
0: show off, you know, your legs on the beach.
1: Okay. Th- that would be appropriate. At the beach you wear your shorts. Not not when you're Oh, I thought you meant like in all of life you can't no. show your legs. No, of course. No, you show your legs fine. Just like nobody wants to see them when they're, you know, getting a an Americano uh double cup one sleeve. Um by the way know, People are loving that. I oh, just want so to know. weird. Uh so yeah, my, my my counsel is use the word uh, and uh, stand up, preach. We'll talk about delivery in a little bit. So what about preparation? Uh,
0: yeah, preparation is, well, one, I think, as we said about the privilege, it's something uh, that we need to take seriously, right? Like it's, it's, a sermon is not something you just take five minutes to put together. Now, there are times where you've only got five minutes. You know, there are times where you get that call in the morning. Right. Um, Pastor sick. He can't make it. He got snowed in. Whatever the, you know, whatever happened happened. We need you to come and bring the word. You have got a certain amount of time. That's just the reality of the situation. You do what you just do
1: what you do and trust God to do what he does. Now, let's let's just can we, I know we agree on this, but okay. for everybody else. Mhm. I know where you're going. Are you really doing this? You've got 5 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever to prepare because in God's providence, it is laid on you. Mhm. What do you do?
0: I would just draw upon something that I've been learning this past week.
1: From? Uh, from my personal devotions. In? The Word of God. Okay. So you don't go and download somebody else's sermon and preach that.
0: So you're telling me I can't go to uh, Redeemer Presbyterian. Is that what it's called? Red- yeah. In Colors Church and mm-hmm. download one of yeah, his sermons? They copied their, their name from,
1: from us. Redeemer. I don't think that's I'm true. I'm pretty sure that's, no, the, that's, the that's a not, fact. No, that's up. Not, I'm not. Google it. I'm not Googling that. Um, you can't go there.
0: You can't go there the and download sermons, right? Like, and I'm not here to, I don't want to judge or critique. Those. I do. Okay. Joe does. Um uh, preachers preach. And I'm, I'm going to tend to agree. I'm persuaded that as preachers, we are called to preach what God is teaching us, right? Not what God has taught someone else. And we are just reciting at that point. You're just reciting a sermon. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when we're preaching, I think that we're preaching to a specific body of Christ in a specific time, in a specific situation. And that sermon is going to specifically hit on issues or circumstances for that particular body. And so grabbing a sermon from somebody else and throwing it out there is, to me, it just doesn't fit. Now, I understand there's general sermons, okay? There's general doctrines or whatever you want to say that can be applied. Then I'm going to go with integrity. I'm going to go with integrity of, uh,
1: preaching someone else's sermon as if it was your own. Okay. So good. So, so getting back to actual preparation,
0: actual preparation for me, this has evolved over time. Uh, I feel like when I first began, when people first started asking me to preach, I would need like three months. I'm like, all right, man, three months, minimum lead time. And I got to sit there and I got to prep for three months <laughs> and don't even ask me if I don't have at least four weeks uh, to go for me now. Personally, uh, I find and I, and I move around, but from 12 to 15 hours is where I'm at. Maybe sometimes I go 17 hours, depending on the passage and my how comfortable I guess I am and confident. So for me, uh, prep doesn't start with the commentaries. Oh, you OK,
1: Joe? I had to sneeze. I, I was quiet, <laughs> but you and, held off. <laughs> yeah, I, I was quiet about it and you brought it up. Well, if you got to sneeze, sneeze away. Okay. So you got 12 to 15 hours. 12 to 15 hours.
0: My f- first place is, you know, you pray, obviously. I'm not, so I'm going to make sure. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, you got to pray. Um, but I go to the word first. Mm-hmm. For me, I like to to grab my Bible, grab my journal, and I just start. Writing, I just start uh, circling things, boxing certain words. I draw lines of comparison. I write notes. Uh, and I start asking myself questions about the text. What does it say about God? What does it say about me? What does it say about my relationship with God? What, what's, what does it say about my sinful heart and my disbelieving heart? What is right. God calling me to if he's calling me to something? Or what is he calling me to believe in more and to trust in more? Um, and so that's where I, I start. I start getting kind of a general thing. I think at first I used to always go to commentaries. And this is where I think, uh, for you young preachers out there, one of the, the dangers I fell myself or I found myself in was listening to other pastors that who I respected and admired, whether online or in person, and I would try to emulate them. And I'd have to think to myself, I have to sound as good as them. I have to sound as smart as them. I have to.
1: Sm- I have to sound. Um, As as passionate as them. Even if you don't think you have to, it's easy to pick up their mannerisms or the the way they turn a phrase. Well, yeah. And and so I would sit there and so for me, then I would focus so
0: much on trying to not be a heretic Mm -hmm. when I I preach. I wouldn't trust what God was teaching me. I would only trust the commentaries and other sermons in what God had been teaching them. Yeah. because God's going to teach them better than he's going to teach me. I would tell myself, and they're going to say it better than I would ever say it. Um, so for me, that's been a big change is focusing on scripture first
1: and what seeing, what is it that God is teaching me through this passage? And then you go to your commentaries yeah. after the fact to check your interpretation. Cause I've got a lot of heresy in me, All right, We do mm-hmm. uh, to check our interpretation. We go there to, um, to see if if we were wrong, yeah. Um, answer a question. So we have questions about the passage and things like that. So we're very pro commentary. Yes, but we, absolutely. We, we believe that it's important for you to spend time in the Word first, and um, and then with these commentaries and the helps and everything, um, you are not just. This is not an intellectual exercise. This is not an academic project. That's right. You are getting ready to preach the Word. But before you can preach the word to others, you have to preach it to yourself.
0: You know, I think there's a book out there. Oh, yeah. Here I'm go. doing it. I'm doing it. I think yeah. there's a book out there. So only someone would write a short devotional about preaching to yourself. I okay. mean, maybe they would name it like Note to okay. Self.
1: Yeah. All right. Maybe so, you can
0: find it on Amazon okay. uh, through Crossway Publishing. <laughs>
1: um, this idea of preaching to yourself, while somewhat... Uh, new to many people is an old idea. It's actually a biblical idea. And we're not talking about that today in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Puritans talked a lot about it. Here's John Owen. This is from volume eight of his um, collected works. He says this. No man preaches that sermon well to others that he does not first preach to his own heart. Yeah. He who does not feed on and digest and thrive by what he prepares for his people, he may give them poison as far as he knows. For unless he finds the power of it in his own heart he cannot have any any ground of confidence that it will have power in the hearts of others so we preach to ourselves like if if you are not excited and convicted and encouraged and directed and corrected Mm -hmm. by the word of god before you preach it you are going to wind up stepping into the pulpit dull yeah you're going to wind up lacking earnestness we'll talk about that under delivery but yeah it's really important to spend time in the Word, prayerful time in the Word, use the tools and the resources that God has given you, uh, and from there you can work on, well, this whole idea of a homiletical outline. Yeah. You know, there are books that we like and favor that help to teach the basics of, of sermon preparation, mm-hmm. and these are books that are helpful tools. Um, they show you a, a lot of the, uh, the strategies by which sermons are put together, and yeah. they're necessary, especially when you're starting off. Um, what you'll find, though, is that as you grow as a preacher, you may take some of what those books say and leave the rest, yeah. but they're really important to help you learn this craft. It's, it's really an art, it's not a science, mm-hmm. of developing a homiletical outline. Yeah. Jimmy, what's a book that you like, that you've used, that you found to be uh, impactful uh, in your experience? My personal
0: favorite is actually one that um, I had to read for my elder candidacy, which was... Uh, um Biblical Preaching?
1: That's by Haddon Robinson. No, that's not I the one. I didn't have book, you read that one. But I
0: love that book. It's still good. It is about good. the big idea, mm. uh, subject, com- what is it called? Subject oh, and this, Compliment? This that's book, not this, the book this, I'm thinking The book of. that
1: you're thinking of <laughs> must have had a huge impact since you don't know the author. It's by Brian Chappell. Okay, there yes. we go. You got and the author. And it's, it's called? Preaching Systems? No. It's called? Systems. No. Christ-Centered, Christ-centered preaching. preaching. There it is. That's <laughs> the one. That Christ-Centered
0: Preaching. I could not recommend it enough. It is a real...
1: Chapel's like. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Yeah, that's uh, not but no, address. it really is good. It's, it's a great book.
0: Yeah, but one of the things that really stuck out to me from there that changed not only how I uh, preach or how I prepare uh, for a sermon, but even how I do my personal devotions is he calls looking for that fallen condition focus. Looking for uh, in what way does does my is my unbelief being shown in this passage? What is how what does this reflect about my heart? And my disbelief and my lack of love for God, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and hit that hard. Right, hit that hard because we need it, uh, because we want to see where our sin is, see where our unbelief is, and then see how the gospel impacts that.
1: Right, answers that. Answers that directs us. That's right. Yeah. So the fallen condition focus addresses the sin problem Mm -hmm. in in any given passage, either it's explicit or it's implicit. That's right. It's always there. And, yeah, I love that part of uh, Christ-centered preaching. It's really good. Um, man, one of the books that I love is a recent book. It's, uh, it's by a friend of mine, John Kessler. He's a professor at Moody Bible Institute. And he wrote a book called – oh, see, I'm doing the same thing you did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: John, I'm sure this is a great recommendation, okay, so John,
1: I wrote an endorsement for it. So he oh, knows well, I you I don't even it. know
0: the name of the book. Did it's, you write the endorsement? No, because I, I wrote that for you. It, no, I? you definitely did not. It's called Wisdom, Grace, and Folly. Wisdom, Folly, Folly. yes, or yes. Power, Wisdom, and Folly? Power, Wisdom,
1: and Folly. No, Power, Grace, and Folly, because I had to read that as well. Great book. Okay. Um, it's more of a theology of preaching. Mm-hmm. It's not a big book. It's a great book. It's in the show notes, so just go and click it and buy it. If you're a preacher, you need it. It's really, really good. Yeah, I read really that on the good. plane. It was really good. It's an awesome book. So... Uh, we'll be recommending a bunch of books, but this idea of preparation is hard. It it uh, even if you enjoy, I love it. Jimmy, do you enjoy? The I sermon love pre- just prep. Sermon prep is great if you like Bible study and mm-hmm. praying and all of that. It's 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 really rewarding, but it is hard, and it can it can even be almost painful at times. As you're yeah. just trying to figure out what does this mean for me and for myself. So my methodology is Bible, um, preach to myself commentaries, clarification, answering questions, and then once I have a really good grasp on this passage and what the central idea is, mm-hmm. then I start to consider um, not just myself, but then the broader audience that I'm going to be preaching to. Where are they hurting? Where are they happy? Yeah. Are, they, are they sad? Uh, are they afflicted? Or are they comfortable? Um, in what way can this passage either convict or encourage them? Yeah. So then you begin to put all of that together in the context of a homiletical outline.
0: And one of the things that's helped me every time I'm preaching, well, there's two things I think uh, that's been really impactful from Joe. Um, Joe and the others has been one, the sermon summary, making sure you're able to summarize your sermon in a statement that is concise, clear, and memorable. Um, but then also in, in regards to what you're talking about now, you've always reminded me to envision the congregation. See where they're sitting, right? Look at the people. Uh imagine imagine, you know, where they like to sit and the situations that they're going through. And now preach in a way that encourages encourages them. Yeah. To to grow deeper and to love God more.
1: Yeah. Definitely. That that helps me. Um and listen, uh as a preacher you're supposed to step on people's toes. you mm-hmm. You're not supposed to stomp on their feet and kick them in the butt sometimes maybe, but we're supposed to step on toes. Uh, you're supposed to know the people that you're preaching to well enough to address their problems, yeah. sins, concerns, fears, I- idols, and all of that. And you won't feel like a hypocrite doing that if you've done it to yourself first. That's right. Well, what about delivery? Does d- 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 delivery matter? And there's different styles of preachers out there. Some are super energetic and very animated, and others are more stoic mm-hmm. and staid. Does delivery method matter?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think delivery matters. Um, and going back to, I think, prep leading into delivery is kind of this whole thing we've been saying is if, if, if you have not been impacted by the text or the truth or by the word of God, uh, by the gospel presented in that passage, it's going to reflect on Sunday. Your delivery is going to be um, either kind of just It's going to be stoic and just kind of reciting what the passage says, or it's going to be possibly faked. You know, you're going to try to fake, um, fake excitement, fake earnestness, fake uh, belief in what God is proclaiming through the passage. So I think to get to delivery, first and foremost, uh, you need to work hard at the prep. And there needs to be, and that's going to show in earnestness. So, getting back to that delivery part, uh, I think when the best preachers that I've heard believe in what they're saying, and you can tell, and you can tell, you can tell that they believe that this is the gospel, that this is good news, that this is refreshing, this is good for the soul, and that I need this. Otherwise, why the heck am I wasting my time sitting here?
1: Right. Yeah, I could turn on Oprah.
0: You're not going to turn on Oprah. No, but I'm no, saying is like, no, no, no. Don't, don't. anybody pick can, a different show. Rob Bell. Okay, no, pick
1: something better. Uh, you can watch.
0: You can watch uh, the Bears game. Okay. The well, season. no.
1: What I'm saying is, is, like, there are other motivational speakers out there. Yeah, okay, that people can tune into that, you know, are even more believable in terms of the their credible experience of right. their perspective than a lot of preachers are.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I would even I. I'd, I don't know if I'm opening up a can of worms if I'm saying this. So, I don't agree with Stephen Furtick. Okay, but I can on listen what a lot of things on Jesus on, on <laughs> who Jesus is. Okay, we're not going to get down this. You know, we're not. Gonna he do believes this. in Jesus. So. Okay, I'm not going to play this game. Well, it's not a game. Man. Okay, you know, but. The man, can, the man can speak. He's a communicator. He's a great communicator. Rob Bell's a good communicator. Rob Bell is a fantastic communicator. Bill Clinton is a fantastic. He's really, he's really good. I want to be a Democrat because oh, of Bill yeah, Clinton. Yeah. You know. Um, I love to talk. I love to talk.
1: I, I, no, no, don't say it. Um, don't embarrass me. Mm-hmm. So S- what about them?
0: But they draw you in. Yep. It feels conversational. It feels like we are sitting across this table that we are now and just having a conversation um, about truth, about okay. scripture and about who God is. Right, And so there's something about the way they communicate. They put a lot of thought into the words that they use, mm-hmm. the pace that they deliver each segment at. Uh, maybe even like where their hands go, where their eyes go. With Bill Clinton, when he bites his lower lip, how when's he going to do that? Right, like it, it but draws... he's not
1: thinking about that. I don't think he's. No, I feel about like that.
0: he does. I feel like communicators at that level understand that moments like that draw people in
1: well let's say it this way that and spurgeon talks about this in lectures to my students that you know your pauses Mm -hmm. you know when you raise your voice and lower your voice the Mm -hmm. tempo at which you speak all of those things matter and they they should be very natural but sometimes you you have to be intentional about implementing them so that people will stop to think with you so that people will will take a minute and so there's a difference between an awkward pause where you don't know what you're supposed to say next that's right and a thoughtful pause where you're giving people a chance to take it in and to reflect yeah so all of that really is important i think you're right though i think the the fundamental uh the the lacking ingredient in most preaching that i hear today from especially among baptists Mm because i'm we're baptists is a lack of earnestness yeah and theological experiential conviction. Mm. And so uh, explain they, that
0: second part. Sorry, right, explain that second part a bit more.
1: So there's a lot of the Bible says this, and so we are about this. Um, and it's oftentimes moral issues. sometimes it's spiritual issues. Yeah. but I don't get the sense from many preachers, young and old, that they have had a, a deep experience of oh. the truths that they are preaching. So, yeah, that's what I think they're, they're lacking is, mm-hmm. uh, and what, what I sometimes lack, right, that our preaching needs to be characterized not only by, er, like, blind zeal and earnestness, that's right. but an earnestness that comes from theological, biblical conviction. Uh, that is not as present as I would like it to be. Too many, too many preachers today are either um, simply motivating people, in, in a worldly sense, or they are a running commentary. Mm-hmm. So they're technically accurate. They're wow, great in everything good. that they're saying, but they are a running commentary. And if I need, I got lots of commentaries. I don't need a preacher. That's right. If he's just going to be a commentary, uh, I've, I've got really good ones. Better than better, better than, the better guy than what there. you're hearing there, yeah. So we don't need commentators. We don't need commentators, and we don't need
0: people just throwing people into an emotional right. world spin or whatever. Motivational speakers. We don't need motivational
1: yeah. speakers or commentators. We need people that herald the truth. That's right. They threaten with uh, the judgment of God and they comfort with the salvation of God. That's right. So think through, um, think through how
0: you're going to present, how you're going to, to deliver the sermon. I think, you know, uh, as I'm speaking from just myself, so it might just be me. But like I said, I focused so much on content that I didn't think about delivery. And you need to think about that. You need to think through how you're going to present God's word. Um, and I mean, practice it. Practice. Yeah, practice it. You know, I like to take time. I know Pastor Pat does as well. Mm-hmm. Is we'll go to the church on a Friday evening or a Saturday afternoon and we'll go through the sermon two or three times. Yeah. And I'll make changes and I'll, I'll adjust things as, as I see. Um, but I, I don't want my first time preaching it, or even mm-hmm. the second, I shouldn't say even the second time, because first it should be preached to ourselves. Yeah. Because I, I, while I'm driving, when I'm at work, when I have a break, I'm thinking through the sermon. Right. You know? And then that
1: should be everybody's practice with the word that they take in for that day. That's anyways, right. And right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. we happen so to become, be preachers.
0: That's right. So it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I, should, this, I don't want the, the next time that they hear it uh, to be the first time that I've said it out loud. You know? So I want, I, I'll just stand there and I'll preach it to an empty, congreg- uh, empty church
1: right? and I'll just go through it a few times. Now, when it comes to the delivery and earnestness and this, this sense of passion um, or credibility, it's still going to look different in mm-hmm. different people, right? Yeah. Each person's going to be different. And that's so it, like, and, and not everyone is going to resonate with every preacher. No. So you've got Tim Keller yep. who is a very reasoned, very, you know, he's, he's, he's intellectual, but he's, he's comprehensible. That's right. Um, he's very, and I, I don't see him as lacking earnestness at all. I think no. he is earnest, but it looks different in him than it does in Matt Chandler, for example. Correct um we look at uh you know Sabedian Th- mobile, mm-hmm. it's going to look different in him than it will in Leegan Duncan yeah and yet they're all great preachers that's earnest right. preachers so Who like love for, the lord yeah and love his people and yeah. and we like i'm ready to hear from all of those guys mm-hmm. and so even as 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 listeners and we're going to talk about this next you know we need to be able to get past our preferences that's right yeah in in an oration or, or delivery methods um, to focus on what is being said, who is saying it, and do we see the conviction in them that what they are saying is is not just truth abstractly but truth experienced huh. so what about what about listening because obviously there 's a lot of preachers out there, and they 're like oh cool they 're going to talk about preaching let 's talk about that and we 're not going to say anything new here that you haven 't heard before right it 's right. just coming from the, our perspective, but listeners, most people are listeners of yeah. preaching not preachers themselves and listening is a spiritual discipline yeah like hearing and receiving the word of god what do we need to do as listeners to the word like for the next two weeks after the sunday mm-hmm. i'm not preaching but i'm going to be sitting under the preaching of the word i'm super excited about that how do we actively and most fruitfully listen to the word
0: i think first and foremost uh praying for your preacher right like uh in the week you know and I know it sounds probably, I, I don't know how else to word it, but like I I pray for Joe and I pray for Pat and I pray for Travel or I pray for like Tom Schmidt and Seth uh, and Those are our, tr- and Jamie. Tom, Tom yeah. and
1: Smith and Jamie are our church planters. Yeah, I pray for them
0: as they're preparing, um, but I'm also praying for myself, mm-hmm. you know, I'm praying for myself to receive God's word that I would not uh, become defensive, right. that I would not try to... Um, neglect the hearing of god's word right Mm -hmm. that i would that i that god spirit would work in me to receive his word in such a way that i come out of uh listening to the sermon into worship with the rest of the congregation and sensing a call to to glorify god more yeah right like uh so i need to I I think it starts with prayer. I think so it's, you're you're saying you got to prepare yourself. You got to prepare yourself. I you think, think a lot of times, we just, yeah, we don't. Yeah, a, a lot of times, and I I was one of these people, and I struggle from time to time with this. Is I would just show up. Mm-hmm. I just show up, take my seat in the back right side, and that's where you know I'll just wait. And I'm we're just, busy. We're busy. I would be a passive participant. Mm-hmm. And I think what listening does and preparing ourselves does is gets us ready to be active listeners to become yeah. an active participant to what is happening because it's not just a show. If you want a show, there's lots of churches that have fogs and lasers. Ooh, like, and, like what churches? I'm not going to say. Any
1: local ones you want to mention? Yes, but I'm not going to. Okay.
0: So, but you know, there's there's lots of churches that have the show. And yeah. if you want the show, go to there. Go go to those ones, but what we really want is is to come away Loving God more and being convicted of our sin and
1: hating our sin, abhorring the vile that that is our sin. Uh, And so we need to we need to prepare. I think what you're saying is is totally true. And I'm I'm thinking about it this way, that you are much more likely to come away with what you're talking about Mm. if you come into it with an eager anticipation uh, concerning what God is about to do. That's right. What God is about to say to you. Believing um, that something's about to happen. Something's yeah. going down right God's now. God's word is living and active. That's right. And we should be ready. Like, God, what are you going to do today in Exactly. Me? Getting jacked up and excited. Right. You know, um, can I tell a story? Go ahead. Tell your story. No, it's a good one. All right. Go ahead. All right. So uh, years ago, um, I got a call on the, on the church line. This was before we had a secretary. All right. We're done with the story. So no, next no, we're talking about. you like it. So um, uh, it was before we had a secretary, first church plant. And I answer the phone, and this guy's on the phone, and he goes, he goes, hi, uh, my name is Mark. Uh, I'm in town with my son. Is that his real name? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, no, I'm going I'm going to tell his whole name. So he calls in, and he's like, hey, my name is Mark. Uh, I'm coming into town here. I'm on like a little vacation trip with my son, and we're going to join you for worship tomorrow. And we want to know what passage you're preaching on so that we can read it together, and we want to pray about it, and we want to pray for you. Dang. i was like this dad is legit this yep. guy he's he's this is what you're supposed to do so i i and we were in jeremiah mm. and it was a difficult passage so i said okay mark well let me break it down for you it's 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 a tough passage it's not gonna be real like you know user-friendly it's a little mm-hmm. controversial so i broke it down for him i told him what was going on and he was he said thank you so much for breaking it down for me it's great uh, just a humble guy super excited about you know worshiping with the church he'd never been to before
0: And I think it probably changed his life because he went from there and became a large pastor. And you guys know him as Mark
1: Dever. And he is such an amazing individual that you have impacted. Don't don't step on my joke. Was that going to be the joke? It was Mark Dever. I honestly did not know this story. I did not know this story. Sunday morning. I thought I was making a joke. Sunday morning, Mark (laughs) Dever walks into our church with his son. I mean, I saw the part coming, right? You can see this parted hair. I'm like... That's Mark Dever. Oh my gosh. We and, did I didn't know this story. And I'm like, I broke down a passage for Mark Dever, like he's some dummy that didn't oh understand. Oh my gosh. And I said, Oh, you're the you're the Mark. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I was my I'm like, Oh, that's that's really embarrassing. Um and he came in and man, like that's just a testimony to Mark and like the yes, way he rolls. Absolutely. You know, he didn't say, Hey, this is Mark Dever, yo. I'm coming in. So you want me to help you with your sermon? Yeah. Uh, and he was so encouraging about our small church plant and what was God was doing there. But man, like this guy knew. If I'm going to listen to the word. I need to prepare myself. I actually feel really bad. I did not know as much. Thanks Mark for stepping ever. on my joke. I totally you ruined stepped on your story. Okay. Well, listen. Um, listening to scripture, listening to the word read... Not only means that we have to prepare, but that when there, we're there, like you were saying, Jimmy, we yeah. have to be active participants. And that means very simply Bible open, mm-hmm. Bible open, whether it's on your app or you have an actual real Bible, the kind God likes, um <laughs> go uh, like you, 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 you open it up and you stay with it. That's right. Follow along. Yeah. And because, I mean, you, God might use one word in that passage, mm-hmm. in your life in a way that you are unprepared for. So have the Bible open. Listen to that preacher. Follow on. Some people take notes, and that I helps them. I love note-taking. Some people don't, though. Some people, it's better for them to just sit and take it in. But be an active participant. Yeah. You are sitting and receiving the Word of God with gladness, with the eager expectation that God will use it for your sanctification. It's critically important.
0: And look for what God is, what God is saying to you. Like, look for that. Look for what look for that area of sin in your life that area of unbelief in your life
1: and how the gospel speaks to that right because the preacher cannot do all of the application for you exactly in fact the preacher can only do a very minimal amount of application that's right but if you're engaged actively then you are making the application in your life as exactly. you're hearing and then as you go you go home you talk about it you're thinking about it you get to small group or community group or Home groups or missional, missional communities of incarnational expansion, whatever they call them today. And and you, you get I in think there a real thing. and I think it is probably a real thing. Missional community is not missional community of oh, yeah. intentional it's, expansion. It's, incarnational, it's an incarnational uh, cohort of missional engagement. That's a new name. Look it up. I'm not Googling it. Uh, so we, we we listen, we meditate, we, we chew on it, mm-hmm. we take it in, it we digest it, and this ultimately is only going to be fruitful if the preacher is really preaching the word. That's right. Now, some of you are in churches where you find the pastor to be not as biblically grounded or gospel-centered as you'd like him to be. Sometimes it's the guest preacher. Uh, sometimes they have a missionary come in, and uh, and we love to have missionaries come in, but we tell them... Uh, preach. We want you to preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, you know, you can weave in stories of what God's doing, but really we'd like you to preach. That would That's be right. good. So, but sometimes if someone's there and they're not preaching the gospel, well, guess what? You've got the word open. Mm-hmm. So if they are not drilling down into the word, now you can drill down into the word. You have it open before you. God is still going to use this time in you and pay attention because you know what? Maybe, maybe there's a whole lot of boring in that sermon. Yeah. And Russ Moore says, and I agree with him that uh boring preaching is satanic. Uh, so maybe it's boring for 90%, but listen, because mm-hmm. there just might be this one truth in there that's really important for you. So stay engaged and be careful to jump to that conclusion though.
0: Right? Like, right. I think uh, arrogant. I mean, I'm counting myself in that. Definitely. You know? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Definitely. No, go ahead. Okay. No, but what do you mean? Okay. All right. It wasn't very nice, but like truth hurts. <clears throat> I think it's very easy to right away say, "Oh, this is boring." The guy's not gospel centered; he's not yeah. biblically centered. I am going to do my own thing. I am going to plant my own church. I am going to go do right, my own right. thing. Okay, slow, slow your roll. Yeah, like just relax. You are, you know, that's a that should be after years of sitting there mm-hmm. and and working this out. Yeah. You know, don't jump to after three weeks like, oh, this guy sucks or this right. guy is not gospel center. This guy's not, you know, so just be, I just want to be mindful and for us to be careful to not arrogantly yeah. judge
1: other people. Yes. Because really we just, it's a preference. And, and look, sometimes we're off. Like some of my sermons are not very good. Amen. That, that just, hey, what?
0: What? What do you say? No, I'm agreeing with, I'm like, no, I am not know, I'm backing you.
1: I'm, okay. Well, don't back me on that. Oh, okay. No, okay. no, Joe, that's not true. Okay, thanks. Um. Sometimes the sermons aren't good. they they're, they're. I mean, even when I preach what I consider to be just like a, a confusing, miserable sermon, I'm still surprised that that I hear from people who just yeah. say, like, "Man, you said this, and it was really helpful. Or right. God brought this truth to my mind, and it's Absolutely. really having an impact on me." You just don't know what God's going to do when you're preaching, and you don't know what God's going to do with a preacher that you consider to be somewhat boring. People have off times. I had one of the men who's now an elder, Brian Mac- Brian Malcolm. Before Brian was Pastor Brian, he was just uh, Brian. Uh, Brian who tells it how it is. He does. And he came to me one day, and he's like, hey, man, we want to have lunch. I want to talk to you about some stuff, about preaching and things. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we sat down, and Brian basically said – he didn't say it this way, but he said, you're off. Something's hmm. something's missing. And he said, I don't know. Are, are, you, are you too busy to put in prep time? And I was like, nope, putting in all the same prep. And he goes, okay, so is it this? And he's asking – and at the end of this, or towards the end of this, he goes, man, I hope this isn't discouraging. And I said, dude, it's wildly discouraging, but it's going to be helpful. Absolutely. And I said, so Brian, from now on, you're going to be my sermon critic. After I preach, I want you to tell me what was missing, what was lacking. Mm-hmm. And really what he was getting at in that moment was like, here's a group of people that you're not addressing in the sermon. Yeah, that's right. He's and, very sensitive to that. Right. He's, he's got a pastor's heart. He's a that's shepherd. Right. And so frequently, since we have two sermons, I'll preach. And then after the, after the first service, I'll say, am I missing anything, Brian? And sometimes they'll say, "Like, hey, man, drill down into this because people, you know, people need to see that. Yeah. People need to hear that. Um, and sometimes they'll say, "Like, no, man, do that again. Um, That's what he says to me every time. He doesn't say that to me every time. No, he says it to me. He's like, hey, man, you knocked it out of the park. Do it do again. Do it again. Okay. But then do you? No, and then I get from Pat. Pat tells me try not to suck. Yeah, okay, that's that's something that we say a lot to each other. But the the, the truth is, is that we need people to evaluate that's our preaching. Right. You can't evaluate. Really I think important. every, if I'm honest, I think every sermon that I preach is uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now my confidence is that God will use the word and that He can overcome my right. weaknesses. But I never real, I never feel great about any of my sermons. Yeah. So you need people around you who can say, no, brother, that was good. Yeah. And we needed to hear that. Or all right, it was good, but you Change need to this. Yeah, you need to work on it. You need to next time do this. Um don't don't forget these people, don't forget this truth. One time I, I wrapped it up, I saw that time was like coming to a, a close and I tried to wrap up real quick and I got a hard rebuke from Pastor Brian. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, don't quench the spirit, son. <laughs> you God gave you something to say, you say it. Don't wrap it up cuz you see the time going." And so um you know, I'm I'm, I'm listening to him with that. Well, these are just some of our basic thoughts on, on preaching and listening to preaching. Uh, I love the preaching of the Word, not just doing it. I've Since my conversion, I've loved sitting under the preaching of the Word of God. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's one of the primary means by which God has, has really instructed me over the years. So we want to encourage you guys uh, to be serious about preaching as well, whether you're a preacher or whether you are a church member that sits under it every week. So, Jim, uh, what's a good podcast that you would like to recommend other people to be listening to that they might not be listening to right now? Yeah,
0: I think The Calling uh, that's put out by Christianity Today.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, with there Richard Clark.
0: And now, full disclosure. No, don't do that. Yeah, I'm doing it. Nope. Richard is a friend of ours. No. Come on. He goes to our church. Church member. And we love him and his family. Uh, they're, they're a great couple. And I've really benefited myself listening yeah. to uh, his podcast. Right. Um, it's been something that's been challenging for me. It's been informative. Uh, the
1: calling. The calling. Right. And so yeah, I would subscribe to that. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's actually, he interviewed me on one of those, and that was fun. So I've actually been on the inside, and I've listened to the podcast as well. I've done Trillian Nubal and a bunch of people. So you want to check it out. It's a yeah. good podcast. So we'll do both. We'll do two. The Reform Podcast, Fun Guys, Good Podcast, The Calling, Richard Clark. Check those out. You know, you could help us out a lot here mm-hmm. at Doctrine and Devotion if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review. Yeah. Uh, all of you that have left reviews have been very kind and very encouraging. We're so thankful for yeah, that. Thank you guys so much. So go and leave an honest review. Tell us what you think. If you don't like it, you can leave one star. It I would hate you. It would hurt. And Jimmy would hate you. I, it would just make me depressed and I probably wouldn't get out of bed on Monday. But well, we probably will never do this again. No, I'll still do it. I don't know, you know how much star? money we're making off this thing? Zero. Okay. <laughs> like,
0: what oh, mean, like really? That's z- it? <laughs> we're making zero? We're making oh. zero. Okay.
1: Well, um, on average. On average. So leave us a review. That mm-hmm. would be a big help to us. Also, you can follow us on on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. And Jimmy, if they, we've been getting a lot of emails, right? Yes. And if they want to leave us a comment or uh, if they, we've got so many encouraging emails. Those Mm -hmm. are so awesome, guys. Thank you so much for telling us how you've been encouraged by this. But if they want to leave us an email or if they want to uh, message us about things that we should be talking about, what can they do?
0: Yeah, you head over to doctrineanddevotion.com, click on the Contact Us page, and you can go ahead and fill out a form there. Send us your thoughts, your comments, uh, um, any ideas you might have for future podcasts. That's really helpful for us. Uh, And if you've got any concerns or
1: critique. Let us know um, and we'll take them serious. We'll take them serious. Unless they're stupid. And then we'll read them on air and make fun of you. If they're stupid, yes, we will do that. Um, also, tell your friends. Spread the word. Get on social media and tell them about If you think this podcast is worth listening to, then do that. If you don't, then obviously you won't. We wouldn't want you to do that. We don't want you to fake it. You know.
0: Yep, that's it. And a special shout out to Justin Bond of J. Bond Media. Dang. J. Bond Justin Bond Media.
1: You sounded like Bruce Buffer.
0: Let's get ready to J-Bond. No,
1: no, no. That's his... Okay. <laughs> Media. All right. First of all, that's, the, that, that's his brother. There are two Buffer brothers. Well, whatever. I got, one the, does I got boxing. the good one. Let's get ready to rumble. That's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the boxing game. Bruce Buffer is UFC. Well, I did the better one. Okay. No, Bruce Buffer is the better one. J-Bond makes us sound good. He does all of our editing. So we're able to... Because we're busy. Everybody's busy. We're able to record this. Jimmy will send it to him and he does all the editing. Yep. He puts the sound in and all of that. So man, if you need any video work or, or photo work or audio uh, work. Audio work uh, give give J Bond Media a call. They will hook you up. Awesome. All right, man. Till next time. See you later. Bye.